0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the what show by fans right or fans there. of your Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back, Brewers fans, to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 412. I'm your host today, Vince Trevato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell and Craig Mueller. How are you guys? Um, uh, a little bit um
1: melancholy you know i mean um thoughts and prayers with our other co-hosts of course um
0: yeah chad chad is not on the set today scott where where is the uh, where's chad i know you guys talked today
1: um chad is regrettably um recovering from the covid virus although according to him he recovered in two days and it wasn't that big of a deal for him although obviously he stressed that it's uh very important and um Terrible thing, but uh, he's he's on the mend, and uh, we wish him well. But he's not going to be able to join well, us. We
0: are okay. Well, we'll miss him today on the set, and we are uh, of course wishing him a full recovery from from COVID, and um, hopefully he stayed at home for most of the days that he was, you know, contagious and not showing symptoms yet, because I'm sure that that's what he was doing. So, um, in any oh, event, yeah. let's talk to Brewers baseball guys lots to catch up on since our last podcast been a busy couple weeks uh why don't you lead off then what would would you like to talk about today (laughs)
1: um it was definitely an interesting uh um couple of weeks for sure i mean um it's been an up and down kind of roller coaster thing i know it's a little bit frustrating um as a fan just seeing the team um still still with the offensive woes and um uh, but they're, you know, they're doing what they can. They're scratching and clawing. And you, know, you saw them get, uh, what, within a game of being 500 again. And uh, it seems like every time you get yep. close to it, something happens. And now we're sitting here, as of this taping, I think we're three games under uh, at, what, 18 and 21, I want to say. Something like that.
0: So Yeah, 18, 18 and 21 after the wrap-up. We're taping this after the Brewers series against Cleveland uh, ends today here on on a Sunday, um, Brewers unfortunately dropped two of three to the Indians on this uh, in, in this series. And um, I guess one major roster move we have not discussed yet since our last taping—old news now for Brewer fans—but we can still delve into it a little bit more. Uh, Brewers designating first baseman Justin Smoke for assignment—a bit of a surprise move uh, to me, at least—and then uh, claiming Daniel Vogelbach off of waivers from the Blue Jays. Um, Vogelbach had struggled mightily that year uh, with both Seattle and Toronto, and uh, had a pretty abysmal second half last year in 2019 as well. After a great first half, uh, hit over 30 home runs on the year, was an All Star last season, but um, you know, had really not played well uh, for a number of months. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Vogelbach deal, Scott?
1: Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like the Brock Holt thing. It it seemed like a good idea at the time, like signing him. I. I thought it was probably the best available at the time that we signed him as one of the better options available. Um, So I wasn't completely against it, but um, obviously didn't get it done. And uh, I I think we're just kind of at this point where we're sort of just looking for a spark for our offense and uh, making, you know, just making changes where it needs to be done. I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, like we're only at, uh, we've only done, what, 40 games or something like that. Unfortunately, it's only a 60-game season, so we're two-thirds of the way through it, basically. So, I mean, you can't just wait around for these guys to to come around. So we've made some changes there. Um, Yeah, it's what are you going to do? And then um, in the rotation, we've made some changes, too.
0: Yeah, and and to that end, uh, Josh Lindblom has been moved from the rotation to the bullpen. The Brewers, you know, seem to express uh, some sincere hope that Lindblom would work out as a starter. He was given a three-year deal, um, when he signed with the Brewers in this past offseason, he uh, has not worked out well in his first six starts as a Brewer. So moved to the pen. Uh, I believe he had his first appearance out of the bullpen today. Um, do you see Josh Lindblom as being a, a bounce back candidate for the rotation, I guess, at any point, uh, either this year or we've got him for two more years going forward?
1: Um, I don't see him joining the rotation this year. Again, uh, barring injury uh, to somebody already in the, in the rotation. But um, I I do think that he will be a part of this rotation next year. Um, I I just think that he uh, couldn't, couldn't put it all together right now. And, and again, with that shortened season, we just don't have time to wait for guys to put it together. I mean, we're we're too far along, way too far along.
0: Yeah. I mean, to that end, the season just started. Oh, Greg, you're back. Go ahead.
2: Well, I would say that, uh, Lindblom, for what he signed for, I mean, pretty much just more than not too much more than an average reliever. So I would assume that he would probably just be rotation depth from this point forward the rest of his Brewer career. Like if we can't have a better option, then he would be there as either a long reliever out of the pen or, or else possibly a fifth starter. But I guess that's pretty much what we paid for him. But, yeah, he's been less than – you know, there was that chance that he could come back you know, from the Korean league and, and then at least a decent starter, but apparently he's just, uh, yeah.
0: Number five at best, I guess. Yeah. And it's, and it's really, but that's tough what to for, so. these guys. Yeah, exactly. Craig, we got it, you know, him for three years is a little over $7 million, I think on the deal, but, you know, it is really tough to project these guys who come over from, I think, especially Korea. It's, uh, you know, kind of been likened to double A. So a guy like Lindblom goes over, he had played a few seasons in the big leagues and then, is lights out in Korea, but you know, is that is that is that indicative of major league success, or is it just like any other player who does very well at Double A, you know, trying to make a, a shot in the rotation uh, for a big league team? And I, I think it's kind of a crapshoot with these guys, which is indicative, like you said, in the deal itself, where you know you're not going to pay him the numbers that he would expect being a frontline starter um, coming over from Korea, but Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I I agree with you, Scott. I do certainly think that Lindblom is uh, going to be in the mix next season. You know, again, we've got him for uh, 2021 and 2022. So certainly I I don't think that he's done in a brewer's uniform by any stretch. That being said, um, if he continues to struggle, even in this bullpen role, um, he's a guy that the brewers could cut bait with and not really have too big of a a financial loss um, at that point, just because the the minimal dollars involved uh, in the deal.
2: Now, who do you guys speculate uh, the Brewers will put in? It. i do not it's already announce that they're going to go with Eric Lauer or Frank Peralta or something in spot, but who would you guys advocate for taking uh, the starting pitching role here down the stretch?
0: I mean, my my thoughts would be Peralta, just because of the the shortened nature of this season. I mean, it's it's not like we have a ton of games to work with to try to figure it out. If if we're going to be making any sort of push into the postseason, it's going to happen pretty quick because we're already three weeks out from the end of the season somehow. And um, Peralta has had some, some success as a starter. I, you know, Lauer struggled just like Lindblom did in his, in his, you know, brief appearances as a brewer in 2020. So I think that, I think that Peralta is your guy. The only thing with that is that you're taking him out of that role in the bullpen that he's kind of carved out a niche for as well. He is a high velocity guy that can come in and, uh, serve a, a real purpose coming out of the back end of the bullpen and maybe that role has been taken up a little bit by uh, a guy like Devin Williams who's really stepped it up this year um, but uh, to answer your question I, I'd, I'd put Peralta back in the rotation if needed.
2: Yeah, yeah. I agree with that I mean just because I think he's a higher upside than Bauer but I think that Bauer's got to get some innings pitched here in 2020 still I know he's been kind of on the shelf and at the alternate site and whatnot but uh yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but I mean, it is September. The first week of September, September sixth, as of this podcast, and the Brewers are basically gonna be battling either for the second place playoff spot in the NL Central, or they're battling like with four teams for one of the two wild card spots. Um, you know, I, I looked at it today in the standings, we're, we're right neck and neck with like the Marlins, Mets, and and Rockies. I kind of feel that we're at least better than two of two of those four teams, but I don't know, you know, uh, our offense has been pretty much horrific this whole season. And, and as of right now, even going into the day, Christian Yelich is still straddling them at the end of the line, hitting 201. so that
0: can't continue. Well, yeah, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit, too. I mean, to me, Christian Yelich is, you know, if he has a few more very good seasons, he's got to be talked about. Uh, again not to overhype it but a guy who could be hall of fame worthy someday if he were to continue to to play like he has uh the last couple of seasons and now he's he's barely hitting 200 i mean what do you guys think is going on with yelich and what can the the brewers do to kind of course correct on him is it just a weird aberration in a very strange year is it is it something deeper uh, what what can the brewers do to help christian yelich get out of this
2: well, you know, he does seem like a very strange year for some reason. Um <laughs> but no, I think that's exactly that's exact and for my opinion at least, I'll let Scott chime in here. But for my opinion is that uh, just mentally, I don't think he's ever been like on track and I think that he's still the same player we've seen the last two years. But he's just this this is just like a mulligan for him. But I mean I still expect him to get back on track before the end of the season, I hope. But I don't know, I think it's just been a mental issue, um, going, you know, through this abnormal year, I won't call it
1: Yeah, it's it's really hard to say, like, I mean, somebody that has played, uh, you know, over the course of the last two years, as well as Christian Yelich did, which, I mean, you could argue that 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 two year stint um, where Yelich was at the top of his game would have made him like just that two year window is probably like one of the best two-year windows of any player ever so i mean um it's kind of ridiculous um to see him you know fall so so far but um i don't know i mean when you look at it it could just be that maybe pitchers are figuring him out a little bit um i think that's a part of it it seems like he's getting tied up with a lot more um like inside pitches um i think that the other issue is probably that the entire rest of the team, Yelich uh, included, is batting 219. So, um, I mean, it's not just him. It's it's just basically since nobody's hitting, there's just no protection anywhere in the order. Like, it's just crazy. But for yeah, what we're I- worth, we, like, there's like a 53% chance as of right now that we still make the playoffs. So there's my positive
0: take <laughs> Well, maybe maybe we should make the playoffs when, you know, 16 teams from around the league uh, make the playoffs <laughs> this season. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about how the odds of your, you know, playoff appearances go uh, so far up in 2020, and yet the Brewers are sitting here barely on the bubble. I, it's been a very frustrating year, and this team is uh, – I, I don't know what the right term is, but it just seems like they're lacking some life or lacking a spark. I, I don't know. And maybe that's why Stern went out and got a guy like Vogelbach just – anything to inject life uh, into the situation, but you know, every team is dealing with 2020. Every team is dealing with uh, COVID issues, some more than others. Uh, so I don't think we can really just blame it on that. Um, so I'm wondering if this is going to lead to a bigger overhaul in the off season than we might've anticipated.
2: Yeah. Well, plenty of time to talk about the off season. And obviously I think that hopefully Stern and the Brewers all together from obviously kind of learned from this past off season where, uh, Quantity is not necessarily better than quality. And, I mean, literally, we, at some point this season, we had Logan Morrison in the cleanup. We had Justin Smoke hitting cleanup. Um, yeah. I mean, we're doing cutting bait uh, with these guys. Um, and, and now Dan Vogelbach is near the middle of our order, when in reality he wasn't really yeah. wanted by any other team. So, I don't know.
0: Vogelbach, Vogelbach hit cleanup today. I mean, and despite looking like some weird iteration between – you know, Chris Farley, Bob Hamlin, and John Jaha. I don't know if that's really the place for him on a contending uh, team, but um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know if, uh, that, Scott, you talked to our inside anonymous source, Tom Carter. Do you see that the Brewers are done making moves here to, to add anything here in 2020? I mean, there's not much time left.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Sterns is always looking to like kind of turn up the bottom of the roster, and obviously that's what he's done here the last couple of days. And um, I mean, I, I guess I mean if it's not working, like at least he's going to keep trying and doing other things. Um, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but like I, I don't expect or anticipate anything major.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's kind and of obviously what Tom the- said too. Oh,
2: sorry. Yeah, I, obviously, the trade deadline has passed, and uh, we were kind of wondering, oh, yeah, are were going to be sellers or buyers because we were obviously straddling that playoff contenders line. Uh, but uh, the only, we only did really make one move, and that was trading David Fowles for to the Phillies for three of their basically 19 year old rookie ball pictures with some outside, very, in our, my opinion, kind of similar to when we traded the uh for three pitchers, two of them never panned out and the other one was Freddie Peralta who uh at least is in the major leagues, I don't know if you could say it panned out necessarily, but obviously that was a good value at the time for, you know, six years of cheap control of uh Freddie Peralta versus that half season of Adam Lind, I think that was a good trade and I, and I feel the same way here with Phelps who was obviously just a under radar signing for the bullpen and did a pretty good job as a bird and then we flipped him for something. So I think in a season like this why not why not do a move like that? Were you guys expecting to kind of like, oh, if we're starting a playoffs, and we add a one bat via the um, trade deadline from a team maybe maybe it could help the Brewers this season but were you guys surprised that a move like that didn't come because obviously the Brewers were in need of a bat other than Dan Vogelbach?
0: Well, uh, yeah, like our anonymous source Tom Carter said, there was talk going up to the last minute according to to Tom and to uh, and, and reported by our colleague Tom Hodgecourt as well that the Brewers were engaged in talks right up to the last minute uh, with some unidentified teams, um, some speculating it was the Mets. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I was a little bit surprised, Craig. I think that the Brewers' offense certainly had shown by that point that they needed some help. Um, I don't know who was available necessarily, uh, but obviously things didn't work out. I, I do think that David Stearns does need to prioritize offense uh, this offseason, I will say that.
2: Yeah, and and out of all this, obviously um, one of the big couple of huge bright spots for the Brewers in 2020 so far has obviously been uh, Devin Williams has been an unbelievable, and I think he he kind of identifies uh, obviously a future back of the bullpen if not future closer for us, uh, who's under team control for a while still. So what it, I mean, he was a former first round pick by us, but he kind of is this year's version of Trent Grisham, where he really kind of came out of nowhere and broke out and uh, really what great value we probably have in him going forward. Um, So I think his presence will obviously – it sounded like when Brewers were open to feeling offers for Josh Hader, I'm sure that will continue into this next offseason and up to the next trade deadline possibly because of that. Um, And then the other bright spot, in my opinion, is Corbin Burns, who's finally been given a spot in rotation and seems to be really taking off with it. I think him and Woodruff at the top of rotation as a one-two punch with some team control will really help the Brewers going forward. Uh and, and I'm really glad to see him put in the rotation, hopefully left there for good now.
0: Yeah, Greg, I, I agree completely. I think the Burns uh, has really stepped it up and I'm I'm happy to see it because I think there were some real very viable concerns after last season and seemed to sort of lack some mental toughness and was it was constantly, you know, moved by the Brewers from the bullpen to the rotation to the bullpen and the minor leagues, I think three different times last year. So it it would be incredible if the Corbin Burn success story continues, and even Woodruff can be a you know one two punch in the Brewers' starting rotation for the next four seasons or so, if not longer.
1: Yeah, that would definitely uh, be uh, great for our future. Um, talking a little bit about what um, what you mentioned previously about us looking up and up until the trade deadline to try to get a bat, um, it's definitely something I kind of would have hoped, but. I'm pretty sure that Stearns was looking for someone um, under contract, not just this year, but at least next year as well. I think he was trying to build on that, and I don't think he was willing to give up all that much for essentially a 30-game rental. So I think that had something to do with it. And then, yeah, maybe asking prices were just a little bit too high. Uh, The one thing that I will say about our offense is that I really think that this is um, a scenario where not only do we desperately miss Lorenzo Kane, but um, we desperately miss like just a table setter at the top of the order that gets on base in front of these guys and puts more like more pressure on these starting pitchers, our, our opposing starting pitchers. Uh, and not only that, but somebody with a little bit of speed that uh, when they do get on base, the pitcher has to pay a little bit more attention to them and it takes a little bit of their focus away from the plate. And I, I really can't stress that enough because I think that when you don't have that um, – guys just aren't getting on base, like, it's rough. I mean, you see it in our offense. Like, we're having a hard time stringing things together.
2: Yeah, I was really hoping Louis, Louis Sirius would have been kind of that shot in the arm when he came back, the uh, majors family, um, after dealing with COVID and other injuries and whatnot. Um, and so he, he started off hot, but um, kind of returned to um, just being average. But uh, it's really funny in all this, like, Orlando Arcia has kind of had like, like under the radar possibly the best offense in season is Brewer so far. So he's kind of, I don't know, he's only under contract for this year at a pretty cheap contract, but obviously that, that resigning worked out definitely for the Brewers. Um, but overall it's almost like we really need Cassie here and Ryan Braun to be stalwarts in that middle of the location to protect, like Scott said, Christian Yellich in front and behind them. And it's like, Kishin here is really going for some growing pains here in his sophomore campaign. And in my opinion, obviously, he's got some great power in him and a great bat, but there's obviously some holes in it. And you can see by his strikeout rate, really good pitchers really have their way with him at this point. And I think that'll change as he, as he basically matures and grows into the hitter. I think that he will be one day. But this is kind of one of those growing pain seasons, so it is what it is. And then Brian Braun, as a veteran, as possibly last year as a burr, it almost feels like he just hasn't shown up. Like a, you know, he he's here, but I don't know, he's just he's just not consistently in the lineup and providing line protection for Yelich and so I mean it's just
0: like the whole alliance is a complete mess. Yeah. yeah, it should be pointed out it should be pointed out that Braun is hitting under two hundred this year as well. So you've got I mean and, and therein lies the problem. You've got both Braun and Yelich, two guys that we were counting on a ton. Uh, hitting right around 200 this year and uh, Lorenzo Cain gone like you pointed out Scotty so it's it's really tough to get any offense going when you've got your two biggest stars uh, uh, three biggest stars probably gone and out of the lineup uh, uh, we're not hitting at all so obviously the Brewers are going to have to make some decisions I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Braun in the off-season, but um, he's going to have to figure it out if he's coming back for, for next season as well and and you know, this was the trial year in many ways for Ryan Braun because we can use him as a designated hitter, and it's still not really paying the dividends that you would have hoped. Um, I will say that, you know, Braun, like every year, has been dealing with some making injuries, and he's also been, uh, I think of all the guys in our team, he, he comes to shine the most when, uh, you know, there's big crowds and it's a big game and those situations that we've seen him perform well in so many times over the years. Uh, so, I wonder if that's affecting him more than it, it might many other guys in our team.
2: That's an interesting point, Vince. It's almost like <laughs> without the crowd and the fans there to, you know, really basically draw off of and bronze the type of player that lives those type of moments. It's almost like he's out of his element, so to speak, uh, and not that everyone isn't, but it, it's just like he's just not um, – like, that's why I try to say, like, it seems like he hasn't, like, shown up, you know, like, he hardly took – part of yeah. anything pre-season starting uh and then he's just his bad hasn't come alive and been consistent at all and like you pointed out when you have like three best players either not hitting or not playing i mean you're going to be affected and it's had a ripple effect throughout our entire lineup and it's just i mean our pitching can only uh do so much and we have, still have a, such a great bullpen but um i mean with our starters being fairly me- mediocre overall and then lineup not hitting i mean it's a rough key to possibly not be a contending team unfortunately
1: is there any chance that um ryan braun is a brewer next year because i think there's a few oh, things I, I think, we had to think of but yeah, yeah. go ahead
0: I, I mean i'll just jump it say i think there's definitely a chance I, I don't think that a guy like braun who's been the face of the team in so many ways since you know 2007 a brewer's draft pick um I don't think there's going to be any acrimony. I think he's either going to retire or he's going to come back. Uh, a, obviously a much smaller deal and in a different role perhaps. But um, if I had to guess right now, I'd say he's back next year for on a one-year deal. And that'll be his last season. I
2: would say it's a good guess, Vince. And I, and I think without the DH coming back, that's probably not an option. But I think the DH will come back and possibly be permanent going forward. So – with that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if Braun does one more swan song season um, and a fairly good, uh, you know, cheap contract, so to speak, because I just don't think there'll be much of a market for the player he is now at this stage of his career.
0: Yeah, uh, and and he's been, you know, very outspokenly particular, you know, for years now. When it comes time to the, you know, it comes down to the trade deadline, and, and there's rumors floating around about him and. Uh, you know, he's been vocal in saying that he wants to stay with the Brewers. And if that's not able to happen, then he would like to go to the Dodgers. And that's pretty much it. And I don't think that there's really been much interest in him at the deadline from other teams because they knew that it was going to be the case, not to mention his contract. But uh, they knew that that would be the case. And I, I think Braun either retires or he's with the Brewers. I don't really see him going anywhere else uh, next season. I don't know. I, the and the thing- Dodgers are so. The Dodgers so, so. I'm sorry,
2: the Dodgers, I was just quick to say, the Dodgers are so stacked, I don't even know if they have rope for them on the roster at this stage.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, not only that, but, like, I think most teams probably don't view Ryan Braun as a, a starter anymore. I think he probably would fit more into that, like, maybe like a platoon, fourth outfielder kind of a thing. Um, but the other problem that I guess I could see is that um, Braun has – he could definitely see some at-bats at DH, but again, even if we have DH next year, I'm starting to wonder if that's going to be the role of Keston Hira um, moving forward, because I'm not sure that he's going to stick at second base. I, I don't, he, he hasn't been atrocious well, there, but he, he certainly hasn't, you know, set the world on fire either.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a real good point, Scotty. And uh, especially with Arcia hitting better, because I still think that the Brewers are going to have uh, Urias, Pencil in as being a starter somewhere in the infield, whether it's shortstop or second base or third base somewhere, and uh, you're going to need to create a spot for him and for Arcia. Um, so you very mo- very well might slide your Is to second base and have him team up with a very good defensive shortstop in Arcia. And if Arcia can hit, uh, and he's you know made some adjustments, which it seemed like he was not making going into this year, um, but suddenly he's found that stroke at the plate. I think that that you might very well be right about here.
1: Yeah, actually, the other thing I'm a little bit worried about this off season is I, I always love the offseason because Stearns definitely makes more trades than than most GMs, and it's always exciting. But it's going to be really hard to get value for your players if, like, I mean, if you look at this entire roster, there might be you might be able to find five people that are overachieving. Like, <laughs> there's just not many. And so you don't really want to sell low on these guys, but basically everyone in our batting order is low right now.
0: Yeah. Offensively, I don't know who would be overachieving at this point. I mean, uh, I don't know if I can think of one guy that's overachieving at this point, Mark Mathias, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you can almost argue, I mean, you guys have some great points. Yeah, back that, um, you know, Kansas and here might need that spot next year and possibly, you know, someone such a young player with, great bad. you paid to move in the eighth so early but well he has inherent horrible defensively um but uh yeah no i i think that this end of the season was should be interesting i mean when the brewers have tons of games left against the cardinals including multiple double headers and uh including two double I really last weekend of the season and a couple of double headers left against the cubs i mean i guess i feel that coming in the season we were better than those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I'm still hopeful that the Brewers can make a push to kind of get in the playoffs and work some kind of spoiler magic, knock off some good teams or something like that and just make it exciting. But, um,
0: I think it'll at least be an exciting last three
2: weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, agreed. And one, one benefit uh, that the Brewers do have going for them in theory at least is that the Brewers had a ton of games at the, you know, the first month of the season. I think we had like two off days uh, in the first 30 games or something. And, uh, it seems like we, we have a, a little bit more balanced schedule here in September, where more off days are thrown in. We had one uh, just last week on Thursday, and we've got another one tomorrow on Monday as well. So it's yeah, I, I maybe the, the that will help the Brewers a little bit. Um, we still have the best travel schedule uh, in baseball, and that's uh, you know just a, a stated fact that the Brewers travel less miles than any other team here in 2020. So maybe that will continue to be a help as well. As the Brewers you know play out the last three weeks of the year. Yeah,
1: definitely a possibility. I mean, I, I guess at this point, like, if this, we're doing a good job of finding the optimism because there's not as much here as what it really want. I mean, if you told me the team would be hitting under 220 as a team collectively, I would just be like, "There's no way. There's no way. The team is too good." And
0: here we are. Well, and and you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, like, you know, going into actual spring training that. The Brewers would have let go of smoke, have lost more. I mean, the, the moves that we've made, Brock Holt being another one, the guys that have, you know, already come and gone from this roster here in uh, 2020, it's just been, it's been kind of astounding. I mean, our opening day lineup has already changed quite a bit from the lineup that we're, you know, trotting out there uh, now every day. And it, it's, it's, it's been a bizarre year uh, all year. There's no reason I think that the Brewer season was going to be any different. So at this point, uh, given the nature of the season and, and just uh, the oddities that we've seen across baseball, I, I don't know what's going to happen or how to project this thing. The 16 teams in the playoff race, uh, Brewers probably won't be eliminated if they are at all until the last you know, couple games of the year. Um, so yeah, Craig, it should be exciting. I, I'll, I'll grant that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, more exciting than
0: fair, possibly. I mean,
2: there's so many teams that the missed games because of COVID issues and whatnot, but there's so many double headers scheduled. And, you know, it's so t- t- tough to sweep seven, you know, doubleheaders, even if there's seven any ones or whatever, it's pretty uncommon. So, I mean, it's just the way the, it works out. Um, so, I don't know. I, the Brewers, too, really, I think they need to finish at least over 500 and get a spot and uh, sitting a couple games under it. I think they just need to play well the last couple of seasons or the last couple weeks of the season. And, and hopefully guys step up and, If Christian Yelich gets hot, I think he can carry us into the playoff spot. And then from there, I guess, this season seems like maybe anything could happen. We'll see.
0: Sounds good. Um, Scott, any last-minute thoughts here? You want to – I know the interns got you some some stats here uh, before the show. Do you want to get into the next week a little bit here and, and preview what the Brewers have for the next few days?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I guess I could do that. Um, let's see. So we've got, I guess, a road uh, two-game series this week at Detroit. And um, I'm really hoping that we can get both of those. And then uh, we start the crazy homestand where we play, <laughs> we play the Cubs for three games. And then we play the Cardinals five games in three days. And then three games with the Royals. So um, yeah, it, I mean, Tigers and Royals are definitely teams that we can, uh, that we can beat. And then we have that extremely important um, Cubs and Cardinals series. I mean, five games with the Cardinals in three days, that's going to be pretty interesting for two teams that are basically have the same record in the same division, like that's going to be a very pivotal
0: series. Yeah, you can scratch what I said about September being a little easier month schedule-wise because I did forget that uh, the Cardinals, due to their COVID issues, are going to owe a lot of games to be played against the Brewers. So that will that will make for a very interesting few days.
1: Yep, it's going to be interesting. And with all these doubleheaders and seven-inning games, I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers are um, on one end or the other of a no-hitter uh, before the season's over. Would not surprise so are me. Are you all. calling it? No, I mean, You're there's only like it. there's only like 20 games left, so that's highly unlikely. But with these seven inning games, like <laughs> you could literally just have, um, you know, Woodruff for five innings of no hit ball, and then Hater for two. Like would not surprise me at all. Um, but you know, we'll see.
2: Um, it would be it would be <laughs> so Milwaukee Brewers for the their uh, no hitters drought to end with a seven inning no hitter as the second game of a header. At Miller with, Park with, with no fans in attendance.
0: With yeah, no fans that, to so, witness it. <laughs> I you
2: know, wouldn't even be rooting for it at that point. Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: You know, I think at this point in, in franchise history, you could literally say – I mean, I don't know how many Brewer fans uh, attended the game in Baltimore in 1987 on a cold, dreary night in April. I'm guessing like 10-ish maybe out of an entire stadium at Memorial Stadium. And so you can say that literally 10 Brewers fans or so ever – I've seen the Brewers throw a no-hitter, and that would continue this year.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. possible. Although, One if you want to other, go, like, super, super worst-case scenario, you could say, oh, yeah, Woodruff goes out for five, Hater for two, um, and then it goes into extra innings. They get a runner on second, and they score without the aid of a hit, and we lose one-nothing in extras with the eight-inning no-hitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> always an optimistic I guess Daddy. anything's possible um, right uh, it, it really is and hey quick before we end this show I do want to throw out a PSA for our uh, fans I can attest I was, as you guys know I was back at home for a family thing a few weeks ago and I did try to go to Miller Park at the time of the game to see if I could put a lawn chair uh, behind the big panels in the outfield on game day. And, uh, I can attest that that does not work, uh, that they do have the area secured, that you are not allowed to tailgate. And we were, we were kicked out in like inning number two or three at the, at the latest. So, um, does not work. Funny part uh, of that story is
2: I showed up on a five minutes at an event, never saw him and I let my kids play (laughs) on the Miller Park playground. And then we did not get kicked out, probably just the children and no alcohol. So,
0: well, we, we were, we didn't have alcohol actually. We were just, uh, haven't we did make hot dogs ahead of time and did not bring a grill to the lots, but did bring pre-grilled hot dogs that we had just wrapped up in foil and uh we had like a (laughs) bag of chips or something and um so we put out chairs and we put the game on the radio and we sat there and we ate hot dogs and um had some popcorn and peanuts and tried to do the whole thing and it was uh it did not end well for our heroes guys it uh i was surrounded by uh, two or three fine gentlemen from the uh, parking attendant uh, corps, and they uh, well, they told us to leave as quickly as possible. But they did ask first if we had purchased something in the team store. So once they made sure that we had spent money uh, at Miller Park that day um, and that we were not going to be planning on spending any more, that's when they asked us to leave. So, anyways, just a PSA for our fans: don't don't try that.
2: Well, I... you got to al- at least purchase on the secret stadium so inside of team shop for I I,
0: I Actually, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I really did. In fact, uh, I can take a picture and put it on our Twitter because uh, uh, that was one of the reasons why we stopped there to begin with. Yes.
1: It reminds me of that old episode of The Simpsons. I can't buy that. i watch <laughs> That old episode of The Simpsons where they're at the arcade and then he goes, oh, I'm out of money. And he's like, don't say that. And then they hear it, and then instantly someone comes out, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you'll have to
0: leave." <laughs> That's pretty, <laughs> pretty much it. Pretty, pretty much what it was. I uh, I bought a Brewers uh, t-shirt to give to a friend for a birthday gift, and uh, see, stadium sauce, and a few other sundry items. Brought, oh, bought the new cap for this year. And once they realized they had my 50 bucks or whatever, it was uh, I, w- I was done. So no more, no more parking lot for us
1: i would encourage more people to come out and mass and still um socially distance i mean there's plenty of room there and i i mean they can't get you all right so
0: <laughs> you're just
1: gonna have well, to bring more true. people
0: there's, and and i actually felt bad for real because there was a guy uh you know middle age or so he was a dad and he had a couple kids and it wasn't you craig he had a couple uh kids he had his two girls there and a and a boy as well and they were doing the same thing and they were eating and they had just put out lawn chairs and they had a game on the radio and they were parked I don't know a little distance from us and uh they had to leave as well so you know you had people that were just trying to kind of soak in the summer experience in Milwaukee or get a little fix of baseball even if you couldn't go up to the windows and watch the game at least you could sit in the parking lot and we everyone was distanced I didn't see the big deal but uh Imperial Parking did so yes we were all booted uh, from that from that uh, setting. So maybe we should have played on the playground, Craig. Maybe that would have been the answer.
1: Well, we have yeah. 20 seconds to wrap this up, so I do want to say that uh, first of all, our anonymous source Tom Carter did mention that we probably shouldn't be going down there. Um, that was just his take on it. Um, stay classy.
2: Go
0: Brewers. <laughs> yeah, stay classy. And go Brewers. Yeah. Brooke, Brooke review. Brooke review one on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Go Brewers.